Hey y'all, Eric Adcock, This Awkward Life. My next guest is a young lady that my wife and I have learned to love and admire. Her tenacity to live for God, her love and search for truth, her burden for young people, and her continued pursuit to mentor other folks. She did two tours of duty, first in the National Mississippi National Guard for six years, and her second tour of duty lasted seven as a teacher in the public school systems. <laughs> uh, she has recently uh, taken a leave of uh, absence or a break to yes. raise their uh, newborn baby girl. And I'd like to welcome to my podcast right now, Samantha Thrash. Sam, how you doing, kid? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's been a pleasure so far to do these. Uh, real quick, starting off, who is harder to raise? Two young girls or one Cody? Ooh. Ooh. I would say... <clears throat> Well, I would I'd, I'd say raising one Cody. One Cody, yeah. mm-hmm. you know when uh, Brother Cody's um, podcast so far has been the most listened to that I've done, and uh, so I'm extremely proud he's here tonight yeah. to uh, to root you on. He didn't want to be here, but no. he's like, I'm going to be here anyway. He so didn't we, want to sit in the frame either. Right. Well, we may <laughs> defer to him um, for a few things, but. As was texting back and forth today, mm-hmm. you, you, you sent me some pictures I'm going to put on the podcast about your time in the military and the Saddam Hussein throne is, is pretty pretty wild. I actually got to looking at the picture you sent me. I don't know if you sent me the one about the details of all the things on the throne. Have you read about those? The, the second picture? Yes. Yeah, the second, second email I sent you? Yes, right. I, I've, I read it. It's got the the capture of Jerusalem, like Jerusalem is theirs, and, mm, and all oh, this yeah. stuff. So, did you get Icky sitting on that thing? Was that kind of an ear? But take it back. This was before any kind of a church. Before life. church. Okay, so way before church. Looking back on it now, when you think about the type of evil that was present on that throne, what do you do? Do you have any feelings about that? Or I, you know, I don't think I thought about it until you just asked me. Like, I don't think I understood the gravity. Of sitting on that, yeah, you know, yeah. Looking at it when I was when when Cody divulged that is that top secret information, uh, what about the throne thing? When he divulged that information to me, I'm like no way, y'all did not get to, well, to set on the throne. I don't know if it's legit the throne, but I know when <clears throat> when you read the description, it was a gift. It was a gift to Saddam Hussein, right. and I don't know if that was his daily throne or if that was just like a special side throne. But it was a throne. Yeah, just when he decided to be more evil, this was his more more evil type <laughs> throne. Um, so coming into and we, we may get back on some of the the, the the items that me and Cody discussed. But to take me through your process of of you were raised sort of like a military brat. Am I right? Tell yes. me a little bit about that. Well, pretty much. My entire family's military. Uh, grandfathers, my mom, her twin sister, her oldest sister, all of their husbands were in some branch of the military. My dad, uh, stepdad, you know him, Billy. He yeah. he he's been in, he was in the military, the Navy for twenty three years, and so I was raised around the military, always moving. And then, you know, just I just didn't want that, you know that. So, so the constant moving in the military, mm-hmm. obviously you took a lot of pride in the military because I know your mom and dad, and they're f- tremendous people, but it's something you didn't want to have a part of. What was it specifically that you didn't, was it the moving as a young person that kind of, or was it something else? That was pretty much what affected me as a, as a young person, mm-hmm. just moving around and changing schools, changing friends, changing environments, going from New Jersey to South Texas. Right. I mean, just those culture shocks, was, they weren't the greatest experience, but they, they did shape me, and I'm very thankful that I experienced that kind of diversity growing right. up. However, that's not what I wanted. You know, I didn't. A lot of people, you know, they're raised in, with military background, and then they want to go in the military, and that was that really was not my plan. But plans uh, obviously get altered. So you and Cody meet, and 
Cody was not interested in the military at all. When I first heard the story, I just I took it that maybe Cody drug you into this, but you were all in, and he was chasing after you. Oh yeah, because he didn't want he didn't want you to go by himself. So I like that that deal, like well, my baby ain't going by. I'm going yeah, with exactly. her. Exactly. Because he'd been if he left if he'd been left at home, it'd have been bad. Yeah. Right. All yeah. his bros would have talked about him if you had gone to the military and he didn't go. Yeah. And I, I, Cody's sitting here. Grab the mic. So was it? Did you feel the peer pressure about that? was it i just wanted to bring you in just for a second on this did you feel any peer pressure to go when sam left i i didn't feel peer pressure per se because my my friends weren't really military people i just didn't want to lose her right i mean i knew if she went and i didn't she was never coming back right so the only reason she was able to come back is because you 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 joined to stay with her you know uh, I, I forced her to stay with right her. i know this is cutthroat but my decision Partly was also because I was like, I need out of this little town of Sebastopol, Mississippi, and I'm not liking my current life situation. I'm out of here. And it, it kind of was a, really it wasn't a ticket out because if I wanted a ticket out, I would have gone active. Yeah. But I wanted, I mainly joined, and I think that was your first question. I don't know if I actually answered it. I joined to pay for college. Yeah. But y'all were in the middle of school when this happened, right? Had y'all started school? We had started at East Central. Okay. And... So you got there, and then um, financial financial situations arose. You're like, well, I'm going to go to go do the military thing, uh, and this was at the height of the buildup. I mean, there was a an active war going on, right? Was it not? I mean, 2009. I mean, there's been a buildup in the countries y'all were going to for for several years. Oh, yeah. The, so the time. So I don't know. And active is obviously a different term because there was always fighting and things like that. Yeah. Uh, me personally, that's that would have scared the life out of me. Now, um, just backtracking when when I graduated high school thirty something years ago, the world's a very uh, uh, big place, and um, there was a, it was a safe time. You know, I had a lot of friends that joined the military, not for the safety of it, but it was just a good time to be in the military. Um, the terrorists, it wasn't that type of a presence, you know. But I find it interesting that that y'all joined. Right during the heart of of all of this, that's yeah. that's big to me. It makes me a fan, even bigger fan of, <laughs> of y'all, because I wouldn't want that, me personally. So going into that, was that not a? Did you not think about that? I mean, yes. was school that important? I mean, to I had a very and I'm like I think Cody said he in his interview he was not going to release the name, but I had a very. Uh, per, persuasive recruiter right. a very a recruiter that padded all the information and really just kind of got you in and mm-hmm. and that was pretty much it but when you know 9-11 which was what was that Saturday yeah. the anniversary I was 11 when that happened right. and then so we signed up or I signed up when right before my 19th birthday so I did have that thought in the back of my mind to, to, to know that that same war that same fight mm-hmm. was going on but man, the, those recruiters—they—they're good at what they yeah. do. And I think so. me and Cody kind of narrowed down that recruiter. That we we both kind of knew him, you know. So uh, <clears throat> I just um, just kind of going through that process, and of course, basic and leaving home um, probably wasn't a big deal for your mom and dad because they kind of brought up this way. There's just another. Well, we're sending Sam off to sunny Afghanistan <laughs> well, to enjoy the summer, you know, or whatever. Well, but you didn't know you were going to get deployed then, but you still had to go uh, to, to basic, and that's always mm-hmm. kind of a scary thing for non-military people like me. Oh, yeah. Um, so what was that like as far as jumping on the bus and and getting out there? And as far as did they scream at you a lot when you got off the bus? Was that type of – is it what I always imagine? Yes. All that type of stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have so many stories about what's called shark attack. But a little backstory about when I made the phone call to my dad. And now, mind you, when I said that I never wanted to join the military, he wanted me to join from the moment I graduated high school. And I said, no, I'm I'm not I'm not going that route. Um, I guess I thought I was better than the military and I didn't need it. Mm Again, I kind of had that vendetta against being right. in it and being raised in it, and which I'm very thankful. Sure. I'm, I'm not one of them, you know, people that's not thankful for our military. I am. And so I called him, and I was like, hey, Dad. And mind you, I've, I've already moved to Mississippi. They mir- miraculously let me move here. And I said, what do you think about an organization that would, you know, I would only 
go work for them once a month and they would pay for my college and he huffs and he said what branch i'm like uh 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 the the, the mississippi army national guard he's like i told you to join the air force (laughs) so he was kind of frustrated with me but he also thought it was comical and then as far as deployment goes my family that's all we knew was deployment so it really wasn't that that big of a deal i know that sounds like it's we took it like a grain of salt but no i know we knew yeah there's some people that's just kind of how they live they 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 live by deployment to the point i have several friends that's the last 20 years they're they've been gone for time and i guess that's the deal uh moving around i I did that a lot to 13 14 different high schools before i graduated so i know what it's like to be the new kid on the block and something like that I find it that you didn't want the military, but the military kind of probably gave you what you were needing, some stability, some some actual close friends uh, that you could kind of rely on. Um, it gave oh, yeah. you a, a sense of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, of connecting <laughs> connecting to people that yeah. you know these are going to be my friends for X amount of times. You didn't have that a lot growing up. Nope. Was that, was, did you find your, did you find a part of yourself in the military? I did. That, and it's, it, t- tell me about that. Yes. Well, and I, and I think Cody mentioned this in his interview. One of the biggest things that the military does is they break you down to build you up. Right. And in the process of that, you're making friends. Well, you're trying to because, you know, you need a battle buddy. Right. And so, you know, in in the process of basic training, I got close to, you know, the ladies in the bay, mm-hmm. you know, the, sm- the smaller room within the big barracks that we, we were living in. And, you know, there's just a, man, there's just a bond between anybody, whether it's males or females or even a mixture because we were in a co-ed mm-hmm. basic training. There's just a bond that you build with people when you're all getting smoked in the same tire pit, you know? Right. Um, all of you getting hollered at and then one of, you know, someone doesn't know is when shark attack, going back to that. Explain I, what that is. that come <clears throat> up with drill instructors? Oh, we basically all got in a group, lined up formation, dumped out all of our duffel bags and, I mean, there's 30 something drill sergeants it felt like at least just hounding you you know as you're trying to fumble you know to do i did not get a key lock i did a dial lock (laughs) on my duffel bag and i i fumbled like i could not and they're hollering at you you know like get your bag open private and just you know just dogging you out and that's the whole point you know there's they really want to see what you're made of under that kind of pressure so anyway so mixing you know just those those experiences i mean there's just there's so many connections that you make when oh going back to when someone came in to the company because for about two days it was like they people came in a wave so the first group they have already been initiated in the shark shark attack and then it wasn't even later that day or maybe the next morning a new group came in well then when you're all in a big formation together you know that first group that came in they've already been you know blessed out about how to be in formation but then you get the new ones that come in and it's just kind of like teaching each other you know this is mm-hmm. how you do it and then you just there's just a connection that is built whenever so, you're all yeah. embracing the suck that was one of the phrases i hope i can say that yeah, yeah, yeah. um that was one of the phrases that we you know stuck to in the military basic everything embrace the suck right so obviously with that type of um pressure and the screaming and the hollering and all that that probably opened up a lot of like um, I can I can do this. Uh, when did when did the the pride factor kick in? I mean, because obviously we're talking to Cody and, and you've mentioned it too. When did the okay I've got this kick in? Was that after graduation? Was it during the middle of? Was there ever a time where you like? I mean, basic is six, seven, eight weeks. Was it nine? Nine, nine ten, ten something like so that. So at any time, did you ever get your feet under you, or, or are you constantly fumbling towards the finish line, so to speak? We had a really awful company in basic. When you say awful, you mean just, heathens. Okay, he, okay, okay. Heathens. And so in basic training, you have, and of course, I know the military changes, and if anyone's listening to this and they're in the current military, and things have may have changed. But 
when we went through, you had red phase, mm. white phase, blue phase. Okay. And red phase was the first phase. It sucked. It was brutal. You know, the drill sergeants did not give you any slack. White phase, they started implementing... Um, uh, help me, Cody. They started implementing, like... Uh, You'd start taking on certain tasks to do yourself. Like, you started getting... Hierarchy. Leadership roles. Okay. Yeah. Different things. Leadership roles, hierarchy. And then at the towards the end of basic, once you've gotten through all the brunt of it, then you went to blue phase. That's when you... They told us you'll hardly see us. You, you might see one drill sergeant for the day because you, it's trying to teach us how to be soldiers and lead each other. And, um, well, we never got to blue phase. We got to white phase for maybe a week, and I can't even remember all the details to what happened, but there was we were allowed to go to church service on Sundays. And I remember we, we, we kind of were involved. Um, we were part of the heathen group. And we went to the gospel Sunday service. Right. Well, that group held their services in a theater and they opened the concession stand and one of the things about basic training is you're not allowed to have like chocolate junk food sodas and so like my life 24 hours yes (laughs) and well that they found out about that and found out that it was our group and so we never made it to blue phase we graduated i think in white phase like for the last week yeah. it was awful so. uh, there's a and I, i've got a lot of uh, what i call old heads that were in the military 35 40 50 years ago and there was always um and you, and you mentioned you made mention of it that the army has changed the military has changed and things like that um and coming from my friends that were you know had joined 35 40 years ago it was more of a physical altercation with with your drill instructors and things like that where they'd actually get in your face and uh, uh, of course you'd be you know not probably purposely spit on but and then uh, they could actually put their hands on you and things like that is that something that they that they did because I that, that that was the main problem I had with the military someone actually trying to physically uh, I'm not that that guy you know to, to to jerk me around you know or to, to push me and all that <laughs> so were they able to do that was that something or did they just more bluff because sometimes a bluff is worse than a you know what i'm saying i mean if you're going to hit me hit me i know i'm talking more i'm trying to trying to try to did they did anybody ever they put their hands on you or what did that what did that feel like coming into that because that was that's a big that would be something that i would i'd be kicked i'd be put on the bus back or put in jail um is that something? Has that changed? Is what I'm saying? Well, you, you know, the biggest complaint that you have from anyone in the military that was, like you said, 20, 30, yeah. so many years ago, like my dad, he he almost complains about the current military. It's because it's not as, I guess, hardcore. You right. know, you, you've got all these. I guess that's these, what I was trying to say. Yeah. Then. So when we went to basic, we had heard rumors that they were going to start like a, I don't know what they called it, but it was basically like, uh, like a crybaby card, mm-hmm. like that you'd pull out if you're under stress and you can't take stress card. Stress card. Yeah, that that's what it was. Stress card. We didn't have that, right? But there was rumors that that was. Do they have happen. that now? Do they have that? I have no idea. I've had friends of mine, and not recent. I mean, recently, uh, a, a young man, and several years ago, and I, he went and like. As you're saying, shark attack happened, and mm-hmm. he broke. He they broke him right then, mm-hmm. and put him on the bus, sent him home. Yep. I mean, I always heard once you were there, baby, you were there. Oh no, they sent people home. Really? They would ask you like, so um, at certain parts, like shark attack. That the point of that, if if I'm correct, is t- that is the most pressure as mm-hmm. far as hollering and going back to that other question. I keep saying that. I'm trying. I'm not trying to avoid your question. Oh but, no, no. Um, they they weren't when we went through they weren't allowed to literally like put their hands on mm-hmm. you in a harmful way 
but in training they found ways right. to rough handle you know yeah. and, and so like and church rough. league basketball <laughs> they're gonna pray for somebody and actually stick their elbow down their throat that's for every, that's for everybody listening they they know what i'm talking about so so they actually found ways to do that oh, like yeah. little brothers you, you accidentally trip and, and yeah. stuff like that so they actually did find ways to do that yeah and the worst thing in my opinion was i don't even know the the proper name for the hat mm-hmm. that they wear i don't even think you're supposed to call you're not supposed to call it a hat it's a cover and the the brim of it they'd get right up in your face you could smell their breath you were getting spit on yeah and you that brim of that hat would just just it's like they purposely were just right. putting it right up in your forehead you know either tapping you or you know just stuck in your yeah. face female di's for y'all or male? oh yeah they were the worst yeah they were the worst because they had something to prove you know right yeah because that's that's and and their voice was high pitched and it was so annoying right so it was it was <laughs> so it was male, sorry male drill instructors for the for for mostly i mean but no we were female drill instructors yes getting, now that what i yes. would think would be interesting yes right there. yes um and how would how would how would, uh, would cody uh how would you would you ever get that as far as with a female drill instructor get up in your grill oh yeah oh, okay so that's they enjoyed yeah, they, that they yeah the ones i got in trouble by were the females <laughs> well okay yeah I, I didn't know how that worked so but i'm i'm, I'm glad i y'all still remember my drill sergeant's name oh, you love her right yes yeah, of course yes and i loved her and this is something that i pride myself on and i you don't really find this much i don't think you find it much anymore and that's my opinion about what I'm going to talk about and I'm going to leave it at that but um, women in the military can fall into some bad categories and this female drill sergeant I had her name was uh, Drill Sergeant Bozeman and she she was a stickler on you women not fraternizing that's the word fraternizing with men because you don't know what that's going to cause for that male drill sergeant Mm -hmm. or that male you know battle buddy of yours and so she man she she didn't want us looking prissy she didn't want us acting prissy we were in the army we were gonna we were gonna be tough we're gonna be rough and we weren't gonna be hussies or whatever yeah. word you want to i don't know <laughs> i'm allowed to say that word but i don't I don't know what else to say yeah. you know they you she uses certain word right you know don't be that right you know you know but you mentioned that you, you speak of her obviously high regard yes because you know a lot of times the toughest people on us is the ones we remember and that we love so yes. uh drill instructor bozeman mm-hmm. obviously put some things in you that you you took on in later life yes. so have you ever can you i mean do y'all con i mean is there any contact with i your found her on facebook really? once have y'all are y'all friends is that well you know we're kind of in a no social media thing right now but, okay, well, but i did still, but yeah yes. i mean that would be i contacted you- her i messaged her and thanked her yeah. and told her that i when we went to ait which was the secondary part of mm-hmm. basic training that I ran into women that she said not to be like. Right. And I thanked her for that. Yeah. And even when I we came back home and we came to our home units, you know, that I just I don't know what it is. I don't know if I think it's just good work ethic and yeah. integrity my parents put in me. Yeah. But I, and maybe because we were also dating and we were in the same unit and mm-hmm. all that. I just it made it's just it's tacky, yeah. you know. Being falling in that category as a female in the military. I've all, everybody I've ever talked to in the military, they've got high praise for their drill instructors. Mm-hmm. The ones that really were the toughest on them, the mm-hmm. ones that screamed and hollered and sometimes bit and kicked and all that, you know. But they they remember them down to the T, whereas they wouldn't have remembered maybe an upper officer or something like that that didn't. And I right. really feel like that's that's uh, where your where your DI, your drill instructor. Uh, is always kind of in the mud with you on things, you know. Oh, yeah. you, you appreciate that more than someone that's that's higher up and things yes. like that. Um, so that was a six year tour duty. I did mention about the about teaching. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, um, you were a teacher in the public school system for a while, and, and I know there's a lot of people that you mentored in that. Things from the military you took into as far as the the school system when you decided to become a teacher, and maybe why did you? Be, were you going to be a teacher before military or the military, like after military, like I'm going to be a teacher now? How did that come about? When I moved here to Mississippi, uh, it was within the first two or three months 
I was like, I want to be a teacher. So was it was it because before. you moved to Mississippi. <laughs> no, it was not. Um, let me. <laughs> they always say in Mississippi we can't read, but we can write. You know, because we've got great authors. Well, you, you know? know, I would always um, make. I don't make those jokes anymore because I do love my town, right. and I I have oh, well, finally accepted my town. Right. But well. when I first moved here, I was like, oh, you know. These schools are nothing compared to Texas because right. Texas, you know, we're all Don't egocentric. Right, yeah, right. so we're all big and bad, Texas. Yep. So, but no, I wanted to be a teacher before I joined the guard, and of course, you know, like I said earlier, I joined the guard to pay for school, and I started tutoring a kindergartner. His Aunt Yancey Thrash was a kindergarten teacher when I moved here, and uh-huh. she had a five-year-old kindergartner. Her name was Perla, and she she could hardly speak any English. Mm-hmm. And I had taken enough Spanish classes, you know, through middle school and high school, and I lived in South Texas. I didn't speak it fluently, couldn't carry a conversation too far, mm-hmm. but I knew a lot of vocabulary. Yeah. And so... Well, I didn't know that's interesting. Yeah. And so she was just like, do you think you could tutor her because she's really struggling? And I said, well, yeah, you know. So I started tutoring Perla. And, man, it was just like, she knew just enough English, like I knew just enough Spanish. And, I mean, one of the things that I, my part of my teaching philosophy, I guess, is what you would call it, is building vocabulary. And so... I knew just enough vocabulary to communicate with her, and I was, and I wanted to build her an English vocabulary. I tutored her for maybe a month, maybe I don't even think it was two months. It, it was not very long, and then I started substitute teaching at Sebastopol, and I was like, just seeing this little girl Perla, which, I mind you, I think she just graduated mm-hmm. high school this past year. If not, she's a senior this year, and. She became fluent. She ended up, she was the oldest child in her home. So she ended up teaching her younger siblings English and, you know, translating for her mm-hmm. family when she had to go up to the school. But just seeing that, you know, those light bulb moments for her and her gaining that confidence, that is when I was like, you know what? I like this. Yeah. I'll, so that was the moment. Yeah, that was the Seeing moment. Seeing someone else do better or yeah. teaching them something. That was mm-hmm. the only so I'm going to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of, um, ever since I've known y'all, you, you've taught and, and things like this, but you've taken a, um, a step back, or not a step back, really, just you've taken a step down from teaching to, to raise mm-hmm. the new baby, mm-hmm. that she's precious and everything yes. like that. Um, how hard was, was that to step away from that? I mean, and you can, and, and, and you know, like, oh, I know a lot of people, oh, I couldn't wait to get out of there. I've got friends that they started out with the same story you're telling. I just wanted to help some people and stuff like that. And they get in there, and teaching's hard. I mean, I, it is. Um, when I started college years ago, that's kind of what I wanted to do. And then I realized I would never, I would be more childish if I'd have stayed in academic, if I'd have kept trying to be a teacher, you know, like stayed in college for more and then gone back to school and taught. I would have been more childish than I am now. So it never would have worked. Um, and my attention and my frustration, I couldn't have been a good teacher. It's something to be said about a good teacher because I've had plenty of bad ones. Uh, so what was my question again? How Was it difficult to, to step down this year as far as that? I mean... I'll, I will be perfectly honest. No. Okay. It was not difficult um, because this was something that I had wanted since we had Evelyn. Okay. I did not get to enjoy Evelyn's first year. It was my first year teaching. Made the first week of school, went out on maternity leave, changed subjects at Christmas. Uh, it, it, was, it was a rough year. And so the, during that year, I this was 2014, 2015 school year, I was like, Cody, next time we had to yeah. have a kid, can I please <laughs> come home at least for the first year? That's at minimum what I'm asking. Yeah. And as you know, you know, it's taken a while and, you know, I, God's, you know, fulfilled a promise and kind of given us a reward for faithfulness and yeah. all that. And we just kind of we the Lord made it happen. Yeah. So, so. you were y'all were looking you were looking for an exit plan, like sort of like you know the Biden administration on that thing. You're <laughs> kind of trying to get out as soon as possible. What's one of you? What's one of the other than the the tutoring? What's one of the greatest things you you feel like you've accomplished during your seven years of teaching? 
I know we've got some precious kids that's in the school system. Man. We go to church here. I know um, Isabella yes. just looks up to you and loves you. I know you come along. She come along in your class just at a perfect time, you know, and what a talented kid she is. Yes, you know? she is. Uh, there's a lot of kids that did you I know you were ready to leave, but and I, I know I feel your say, heart in a lot of things that you did there. I know it couldn't have been easy. I didn't want to leave because I didn't enjoy teaching. Right. I didn't want to leave because I didn't enjoy the kids anymore. I, I, I left because when we got in church, my 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 worldview and my values changed. Okay. And of course, also because the experience I had with Evelyn's first year, not really being there, having to depend on a babysitter. Uh, you know, that's really what drove that decision. I love students. I love teaching. I really do. And it's it's in me. It really it's I have a teacher that says teaching is heart work. Right. You know? And your question was, you know, what's the most, you know, impactful, yeah. you know, it would be when I walk into Walmart and Forest I'm going to see a student. Right. And they are going to come up to yeah. me. They're going to say, hey, Miss Thrush. Mm. They're going to hug me. You know, they're going to say something nice. And, you know, I'm going to, you know, remember them. And, you know, that that's so heartwarming for mm. me. And I'm, I'm an affirmations type of person. Right. And I don't know if you know about Enneagrams, but I'm a type two. Um, I'm a four. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, everybody <laughs> so pities me. My, so. my core desire and motivation as a two is to be loved, to feel right. worthy. And so, and that's not why I teach, but part of teaching is if you're a good teacher is your students are going to love you. Right. They're not always going to behave for you, yeah. but they're going to love you. And that that's what I love the most outside of the classroom but inside the classroom was just creating an atmosphere Mm -hmm. an atmosphere for students to want to be there and want to learn whatever you're teaching them because on a normal day they don't want to learn it yeah and just riling them up you know i mean you've you've done sunday school and power hour you kind of get that feeling you know no one's getting graded (laughs) to graduate after that you know yeah you know maybe maybe in the grand scheme of thing of heaven and earth i love the core of teaching i don't like all of the uh extracurricular responsibilities you think you'll go back to it one day oh that's a sore subject in our home right now because he has basically told me look either you're gonna take a year and you're gonna go back to work, and I don't hear anything else about you coming home, or you're gonna you're gonna stay at home until yeah. she, you know, she's old. The ba- the new baby is, mm-hmm. you know, old enough, yeah. or whenever I decide to. Um, so that's we really don't know right now. Yeah. When Holly Holly took off with Jackson until he started school, really, and when she when he started school, she went back to work with, and then Ryan. And I can tell the difference from, uh, and I love all my kids in your own, but Jackson was raised by his mother. Mm-hmm. Riley was half raised by me and wolves, you know, and just in, <laughs> and with you know. So she she was able, and I do believe there's a time if you can do that, that's wonderful. But just talking, I know that you're going to miss that. So I encourage you that once Joanna gets in school. You know that you should. You know, uh, of course, if Cody wants you to to pursue that again, yeah. because there is such a need for great teachers yes. out there, and uh, not that there's not great ones doing it right now, but great teachers are are are, are hard to come by. Um, I want to talk outside looking in here when you um, and me and Cody talked about it briefly during when I spoke to him about it. Um, what the church look from the outside looking in when you you come about? I don't really. I just remember looking back there one one night and you and a curly headed little girl were there, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, and I don't. Rem- I'm sure I remember the story of how you got from there to here. But could you bring us and the listeners up to that? Well, I never knew what Pentecost or Pentecostals or who Pentecostals were who, who, until I moved to Sebastopol. How did you get? I mean, who did? Did you someone invite you or? To the church? Yes. Well, I was loosely connected to people from town okay. because of different businesses. Okay. Um, and then, you know, Sister Robbie and her boys, we were in the guard together. That's right. Okay. So I knew her, just loosely connected to, to people, yeah. to this church. And uh, what was your what was your question? What was did, what, what the church, I mean, oh, what the church outside look, looking in. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, we all were looking for something. So here you were kind of knocking on the door of the church looking for something i know and you and cody didn't have the 
the greatest, greatest no greatest relationships. Uh, God took in. us through our, our personal exodus right. to get us here. Yeah, you know. Do you want to give your side of that? Because Cody kind of given his side of it. Was was his a truthful account of like what went on? Was was it all you instead? Cody of, you know? <laughs> calls me out so many times. Whenever like I try not to say anything, but he's like. When he says something, I'm like, well, really, it was this time frame. Right. Or really, you got the details backwards. He's like, it's the same story. Yeah, I'm that's like, a guy yeah. thing. We're not good at things like yeah. that. So. so, But no, his his story was, his, was very accurate. And, you know, I'm really, it was a blessing for me as his wife to listen because there was a part that... My friends know that I, I fuss at him because I'm like, you don't tell me everything, right? Which I understand, you know the the need for that. But when he said about how when I got in church, he was like, "Well, good, maybe some you know church guy will sweep her off her feet and you know treat her good because I had." And I was just like, "Oh." I never knew that's what was going on inside his mind, yeah. you know. So, you know, his 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 side was truthful and it was very insightful that I had never known. Yeah. So, but the church, I, I want to tell a funny little yeah, snippet here. Yeah. So, I'm working at Leeds Steakhouse as <laughs> a hostess. Could have just cut his eyes at you kind of <laughs> hard, but go ahead. I, I hold on to these funny moments. Well, sure. So, I'm... I'm telling you, I didn't know what Pentecostal was. Never knew. And moved to Spasswood, Mississippi. I'm working as a hostess at Lee's Steakhouse. And Pentecostal people walk in. Right. And I'm like, whoa, who are these people? And I go home, and I'm like, Cody. So there were these people that came in the Steakhouse tonight. And the ladies had really big hair. Yeah. And they weren't wearing any makeup. And the guys were in suits. Like He was like, oh, that's them Pentecostals. Did he say it under his breath like that? Well, I don't really know. I'm probably <laughs> twisting it because this is what, 10, 11, 12? I don't even know how many years ago. It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. It was 2008 when I moved here. Well. And uh, he's like, yeah, that's them Pentecostals. They should start fussing. And uh, <laughs> so that was like my first, you right. know, vision of, you know, church, truth. And so just getting to know people. Uh, befriending people, being connected to people in town, and again, you know, Sister Robbie's boys were in the guard, are in the guard, and I just kind of was like, oh, okay, and I heard things. Sister Charlie, mm-hmm. um, I talked to her a few times, and just I just pieced together information, which was not always, the, you know, the correct because right. people, you know, outside looking in don't know the whole story, and man, it was always in the back of my mind, it's, and it became more prevalent as we were struggling. The more we struggled, the more the church kind of just popped up in the back of my mind. And knowing what I know now, God was drawing me. So, and I will say, if Sister Robbie listens to this, I hope she does, um, shout out to her. Uh, Probably two weeks before I came and got the Holy Ghost, we had an hour-long conversation in Forest, the Forest Walmart. And when I came and got the Holy Ghost, she looked at me, she said, I knew, I knew in Walmart yeah. So, she, her and several, I have a, several conversions start at Walmart. Yeah. You know <laughs> several people in the church their 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 first encounters with people is at Walmart. Of course, we, well, shout out to Walmart for always being there. <laughs> Can you get know? a paid sponsor for um, that? So, I say that 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 everything's history now. But you know, you came and you got the Holy Ghost, and and it took Cody a little while and things like that. How frustrating was that? Because y'all were staying in a camper a camper that really wasn't all that great no and then you know so did you you come to a moment i think we all come to a moment in our lives like this is not what i signed up for that you know, is the epitome of what i was facing you know it's like you you know so like almost like with the military like somebody screaming at you and i keep going back to that because that's one of my pet peeves but um just being screamed at but <laughs> I would think just sitting there in the camper and Cody said it leaked water and, and you know, like that, that you had to look around and said, this is just not what I signed up for. Yep. This is not what my life is supposed to be. That's right. Cody was, of course, they were playing and, and touring and, and, and you know, doing stuff like that. And uh, at this time, the baby, Evelyn, was born. Um, she and was so, two. Yeah. So obviously not what you expected out of life. And then... You had two unexpected things. You had your life that 
here I have, I've gone to, to school, I'm, I'm in the military, because Cody told me y'all did very well financially, just never could find the money, you know. Um, and um, so, and to me, and, and let me say this before, um, before I lose train of thoughts, I do that from time to time. When y'all come into the church, when y'all are completely in together, I thought to myself, wow, what a whole family here, you know. <laughs> uh, wow. I thought, I never thought that any, I thought, well, Lord, that goes the military, Sam's teaching school. And because a lot of times people come to God and they're just, no one comes complete. Right. You know what I'm saying? Everybody comes broken, missing mm, something right. or whatever, you know. I've never met anybody. I thought I'd finally met someone. Well, here's a young couple, man. They've got it all together. Lord have mercy in there. Here they are, you know. And um, so it was kind of hearing the stories and, and, and things like that. It kind of reaffirms to me that God, you know, you've got to come to God in a certain way. You just, the high and lofty just don't, no. you know, you make and you have to thank God for that, that that leaky camper yes. and the, the problems there's like that but so you're sitting there and you're like this is not what my life was supposed to be and that did that obviously led you to looking for something else so oh yeah so you know my biggest frustration was and now now I know you know it was a devourer I was like man every why can't we keep money in our pocket yeah. you know why 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 are we struggling all the time? No matter what solution I try or he tries, it never works. What's the deal? Why can't we? And the whole point of getting in a camper was we got in a bad situation with a rent house and hightailed it out of there. And was like, you know what? Let's just get in a camper, pay off all our bills, and let's build us a little tiny house or a yeah. small house. And it just, our plans never worked. They always failed. And we'll, God was like, hello, when yeah. are you going to get the picture? And so, uh, I lost train of thought. <laughs> you woke up just kind of that, that, yeah. that moment where you're like, oh, the clarity, something's got to change. And then yes. conversation with Robbie, did you think it'd lead to a curveball moment where everything in your life is turned upside down for good, so to speak, you know? Well, um, it just... It's just, I don't know, it's kind of bittersweet looking back on it because, I mean, it was the roughest, ugliest time of our life, but that it's what led us to God. So yeah. like you said, we, we had to be thankful. We have to be thankful for it yeah. because that's what the brokenness is what brought us. Yeah. We, people tend to forget that, and that's where they get in trouble. If you ever can keep in the front of your mind where you come from, you know, and I tell people that all the time. I've never forgotten. I drive by the old homes that I lived in. Uh, I look at the old cars I used to drive. Uh, you know, there's a great, there's a great, um, um, Jesus talks about the vessels of honor and dishonor. A lot of people put them vessels honors up higher than the dishonored ones because you can learn a lot from dishonored, dishonored vessels. You can learn a lot from broken people. You can learn a lot from broken situations. So I've never let that ever leave the front of my mind. I don't think about, I constantly don't think about where I'm at. I think about where I was and that yes. keeps me to where I'm going. That makes sense. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. So is that something, I know, you said when listening to Cody's in, uh, interview that that brought back a lot of memories. Oh yeah, you know. it. I needed that, and I thanked you for that. Yeah. I think uh, in a text I said, you know, I, I I didn't really realize that I needed to look back yeah. and reflect on that. that time. Yeah, a lot of people make that a sin. Of course, not gloating in it, but you know, when you realize that where the Lord's brought you from, that that's very important. Been, this yeah. month will be five years since I donned the back doors of the mm -hmm. church and, and got the Holy and It's Ghost. like y'all have always been here. It's like I tell everybody that when you come in, you just like y'all have always been here and you've been able to bring people with you, um, RJ and Kayla and their babies that don't like me for some reason. <laughs> I have no idea why their kids don't like me. Though. Candy, but, have you tried candy? You know, I haven't tried candy. Tried candy. I didn't, well, I don't want to just like throw candy. I don't. Want, I, I'm not Papa enough yet to throw candy on kids. I've got to wait a few more years to do that. But um, so, and what I've watched out of out of y'all, and, and what makes me such a fan of of, of you two is that y'all have um, beginning to build things here. Um, y'all begin to build a, an outreach with the young people, mentoring the young people. Y'all had a had started Bible studies on was it Thursday nights. Monday, Monday nights, nights, Monday nights. Yeah. I think it was someone Thursday night too, because the boys were trying to get out there and play basketball. Yeah. Brother Cody was keeping them. And you were doing, <laughs> you were mentoring the young girls. What is that? What is that? That means a lot to to someone like me. Um, 
roll back the clock 20 years ago there was nobody you know there, there was some young people you know, some young people um, and, and not many young married couples and everything like that and uh, so somebody that's been a part of the, the youth the youth staff and the youth team for, for so many years Oh Lord, to see y'all coming was a was a um, a blessing. It's like the Calvary showed up. You know, <laughs> um, a lot of people. We have a lot of people working with the youth. There's nothing like a fresh face. So I've watched y'all get in here and start building with the young people. And I don't know if y'all know it or not, but y'all have made such a difference. Young people love y'all. I can't tell you how many people come and say, "Hey man, I listened to that that podcast with Brother Cody, and I didn't know he did this, that, and the other." And uh, so. Going forward, I know you've got the new baby, and I know how it is to have a new baby. Sometimes you have to not take a step back, but sometimes you've got to readjust some things yes. and kind of get everything back together. But um, real quick, tell me a little bit about the Bible study y'all were doing, uh, and y'all are picking that back. I know y'all took a break from that for just a little bit. Am I right about that? I'm really not sure what... The, you know, the thing that I love about Pine Grove is we're always shifting yeah. with what works. And so, you know, we, we, we pause because summer is just, summer is an odd time right. to try to keep anything, you know, going like that. So I took a break and I've really loved seeing the girls on Wednesday nights. They have a breakout session. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of what they're doing now. Yeah. And I'm very thankful because if there's anything I've been learning lately is, you know, we are a body and we're all different members and we all have different purposes. And, you know, we're all going to have different seasons of mentoring. Yeah. And so, like you said, it was kind of the the baby coming in kind of shifted that also. But, um, it, that that just started because I had given a Bible study in my home to um, s- some ladies, and two of the young girls in the youth group were like, "Hey, Sister Sam, will you teach us how to teach a Bible study?" And I was like, "Sure, it's pretty easy. You know, you just read off the Bible yeah. study paper." But you I mean, a teacher that kind of yeah, like, yeah, it's really easy. But here's the lesson plan type. Thing. Well, no, there is no lesson plan, yeah. literally. And I've heard us. I've uh, I can't remember her name right now. Maybe Sister Cisco, maybe Busy oh, yeah. Woman's mm-hmm. Guide to Soul Winning. She's like, if you can read off the paper, you can give yeah. a Bible study. Because really, you just read off the paper. And if you read it enough times or you teach it enough times, it just becomes part of you. It's right. ingrained in you. And you really can just talk instead of reading. And so it kind of started there. We started meeting at the house. And then it kind of picked up for the girls and they were kind of like oh let's make this a youth thing yeah. so then that's when it became a thing and yeah. it was you know, more organized and the guys kind of got in on it and this was also during COVID when our youth were really needing things yeah. to do Yeah. so it kind of timed perfectly yeah well I know that um, that there's just going to be continued um, continued growth and all that it's just it seems like y'all have always been here and um We've just learned to, to, to love you and, and Brother Cody and the girls so much. And um, before we wrap up, I've been reading a book, and within the first couple of chapters of this book, this man, um, Rich Roll, he's got a phenomenal podcast, but within the first couple of pages of his book, he started mentioning people that had mentored him. Unaf- I mean, not just, hey, pal, I'm going to be your mentor type of deal, but just leading by example, you know. Mm-hmm. Um Looking back over your life, do you have two or three? I know we, we named drill instructor Bozeman. That name mm. stuck with me. Yeah. Now she'll be a fan of mine. I'll be a fan of hers from here on out. <laughs> um, and this doesn't have to be anybody inside the church, uh, but do you have two or three people that you would say, you look back and say, man, if it wouldn't have been for this person right here, I wouldn't have. And that could be a, someone that that really led you. I know the you know Sister Rob, you talked about her. Uh, with conversations like that. Do you have anybody that you can look back? I mean, I, I believe that our lives are made by two or three decisions we make. Our whole yeah. life. Is, is whether, Time travelers. Yeah. And they're just, you make a decision that leads you here. And you may have said yeah. that, that today, uh, maybe been talking to Cody about that. I said, you know, my decision to come to church one night, I met Holly, I married Holly, and I kind of, but even before that, there was a decision, well, I, I decided not to go there, whatever. But I know that people have been placed in my life for good and bad purposes, but we'll we'll spare the band. Yes, we but will. Do you want to share maybe it's something that just somebody that you feel like that's, that's, that's led you in a way um, 
to where y'all are at now? As and led us into our circumstances, or just as in molded us? Who yeah, we just are. just mold or mentored y'all in a, in a way in a well, place. I have. The, you asked that, and this is just the first person that come to mind. Um, my, I had a high school teacher, mm-hmm. and she taught me probably three or four different history classes in high school. And her name was Twyla Johnson, and this is in South Texas. Okay. And I know a lot of people. That name sounds <laughs> well. It sounds <laughs> like Sister Tawana Johnson yeah. from uh, Vic Natchez. Yeah, I actually went to school with a Twyla. So, okay. Yeah, anyway. Well, the first time I ever heard or, or heard is or I think it's Tawana Johnson. Mm-hmm. I was like, "What? Who?" I was yeah. like, "No, no, no, no. That was not my teacher. Her name was Twyla. So yeah. she just she was a she was one of those teachers. Like mm-hmm. she she just one of those teachers. Yeah. I remember her playing. Um, was it Aretha Franklin? Respect. Mm-hmm. R E S P. Yeah. Okay, that was one of her like main like classroom management you know, speeches in the beginning is we're going to have respect for one another. And she just has some really awesome projects. She molded me and, you know, she just left an impact on me. And then when I guess I moved to Mississippi, it drill Sergeant Bozeman. Mm -hmm. And then through life, I guess I would have just accredited. I had a college professor, Dr. Waddell. Mm -hmm. She, just formed me as far as my teaching mindset. She was like the education drill sergeant Bozeman. Right. You know, I had a good army instructor and a good college professor. Mm-hmm. And then as far as people who kind of like led us into what we are today, I mean, of course I'm going to give Sister Robbie credit because yeah. every time I would go to the salon, uh, I hope this is not too sensitive information, but I would ask her daughter-in-law who would cut my hair, like, right. what do you, what does your mother-in-law think? You know, yeah. oh, you cut hair and all this. And, and I don't know why, but Sister Robbie always stuck out in my mind because anytime we went on deployments, she was there because, right. you know, right. we were yeah. in the same unit with them. Mm-hmm. And I just, she always stood out to me. Yeah. And so I kind of tell her, you know, you're kind of like my, my mama, yeah. my church mama. And so I would, I would have credited a lot to her. Yeah. Well, I, I'm pro- I know to, I'm probably missing somebody right now, well, but and, and we all we all are formed like that. But I encourage you to, if Sister Robbie doesn't live the podcast, you tell her that yes. because I'm about to cry right Aww. now. So she's always she's always been very special. Yes, um, she's always loved Jackson. She, um, Sister Robbie was the she was the choir mother. She took yeah. all the kids and took them to the, to the, and played with them while we were in choir. So she raised a lot of kids. So, well, that's great. Um, Sam, I appreciate you yeah. sitting down talking with me. I hope and, I went uh, too scatterbrain, you know that. No, I thought it was sounding. I thought it was really good, and uh, appreciate Cody being here, just uh, yeah. being the, the rock that he is. And, well, look, uh, I want to thank you for being our mentor. You know, oh. you're you're, all, you're saying that you're big on mentoring, but I want to give you credit because uh, we. I told Cody last night, I said, if there's if there's a couple that I'd like to be like, it would probably be Eric and Holly. Oh, so well, we love y'all. I did say that. I'm not lying. <laughs> I mean, Holly got in a big fight today, so it'll be okay. <laughs> well, you win some, you lose some. <laughs> did you hear that at work? <laughs> you did, didn't you? Yeah, I, I left storming out. So love you, Holly. I appreciate y'all. Thank yeah, y'all we love so you. much. We appreciate you, bro.